Like my favorite punter of all time, Reggie Roby, your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is June 28th, 2016. And how is the grieving process? Kevin Durant has swiped left on DC sports fans. He is not taking a meeting with the Wizards. I don't know what stage of grief I am in. It's the miserable one. Uh, I know that it was a far-fetched scenario to begin with. I always thought that he would maybe listen to our pitch of returning to his home, but alas, he is not. It has sucked. The Wizards had NBA draft. They did not buy into the second round. It really pissed me off. And so it has been a very disappointing past few days here in Wizards land, but you can listen to me, talk many topics about this basketball team. Mr. Troy Halliburton joined me on a monster podcast. I'm now going to break it up into two parts. This is part one. But before we go into the conversation that me and Troy had, which is very informative, and you know, of course, because it's my own podcast, I'm going to sing the praises. First, I still have a sponsor. Yes, uh, they they have an advertiser, Sneakus S N E E K I S t-shirt, DMV apparel, men, women, children, cool-ass designs, small business, dudes rock. You can go on checkout and, and enter Pixel and Roll for a 10% discount. Help support this show, our work with the Wizards, this independent voice that, uh, that I hopefully bring that uh, that is a value added into your Wizard fandom and consumption. And so I can keep continually bring you the real uh, you know, paying for all the stuff as servers and, you know, my alcohol habit. But yes, go to Sneakus and help support us. Uh, uh, it'd be really appreciative of that. And it's a pretty dope designs and really cool stuff. I'm actually wearing a baseball t-shirt, a flag one, because I was at the Nats game uh, tonight. But this conversation is uh, part one with me and Troy Halliburton. We go into a lot of things. I could give you the preview, but whatever, dude, just go listen. Mr. Troy Halliburton, what is cracking, bruh? I mean, it's a sad day to be a Wizards fan after KD just left us at the prom. <laughs> oh, you're, you're going right into it. I just want to see how was the rest of your weekend. Uh, I know I saw you at Kyle, uh, Mr. Truth About It's birthday party. Uh, met your girl. It's really nice. Uh, how was the rest of your weekend? Get into get into any uh, mischievous shenanigans? It, man, uh, not really too much uh, mischievous shenanigan. I. Uh, it was on my real old man stuff, man. Went went to a couple of cookouts, and by the time I got home, I was ready to pass out, man. I'm glad to be getting out of this winter hibernation. Did you keep your shirt on, or did you take it off like J.R. Smith? Or <laughs> I need I need to be celebrating something real to be taking my shirt off like J.R. I also need to hit the gym a little bit more. 
I want to be pulling a JR. Yeah, President Obama, not a fan, not a fan of us. Shepard <laughs> and JR Smith taking their shirts off all the time. Uh, that was a really funny clip he had with Ty Lu uh, calling him. I thought that was hilarious. Exactly. I just left the NAS game early so I can come back to my apartment and sit in my office slash recording studio slash bedroom and talk about this Washington Wizards basketball team with you. I'm really excited, Troy, because there has been so much news going on. Usually uh, I kind of stretch out a few topics and rant, rant away and try to fill out an hour of podcasting. And right now there are so many topics, ones that I usually lead off with that are five or six on the list. Uh, depressing, uh, going from the draft of no draft picks to the news of Kevin Durant not taking a meeting with the Wizards to the Joachim Noah uh, rumors to now the free agency, the, the the kerfuffle with fans being called out today on, uh, especially on Twitter. Where should we start? What kind of depressing topics do you like to start with? I, I feel like we have to start with the KD to DC stuff. We have to start with the KD to DC stuff, and uh, I mean, I think that this is like kind of a harsh reality for Wizards fans. I mean, the KD to DC hashtag had like kind of taken a life of its own over the last two years, and I don't think. Uh, you know, Wizards fans really ever even consider not even getting a meeting with KD. I mean, it's a pretty sad state of affairs when, you know, one of one of DC's own won't even take a free steak dinner from from Ernie Grunfeld. Yeah, I woke up uh, Saturday morning, obviously with a hangover, and I see the Woj's report that the Wizards were out, that it was the Warriors, Clippers, Oklahoma City, Spurs, and I believe the Heat in Boston – we're going to get meetings with Kevin Durant, and that Washington specifically was not going to get one. I immediately my emotions ran rampant because in this capitalistic society we live in, I think the draft is maybe unfair. I feel if that kids are forced to go to college when they should go pro. I feel like the free agency is empowering the worker that they should have the rights of where they want to play. I thought some of the criticism towards LeBron of going to Miami was somewhat unfair. How he did it was you know pretty dick. So I got some of the outrage of that, but. I never have been like, KD, you have to come play in the Wizards, and if you don't, I'm going to be so mad. But then all of a sudden, when he won't take a meeting, when I know he's Mr. Redskin and Mr. DMV, and people here love him, and I, he lives here in the offseason, and he has family, and, and it, it wasn't about that he's maybe not going to come here. It was just, wow, we just don't have any shot at all. Is that how low it is? <laughs> and Boston gets a shot? Like, fucking Boston gets one? And I, But I didn't want to criticize Kevin Durant because I feel like he should be able to make his decisions. I didn't want to, but I, I felt emotionally kind of bummed, dude. I'm not going to lie. I'm also a fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I definitely felt emotionally bummed, too. But, I mean, I mean I was, I've been kind of realistic on the whole KD to DC movement from, the, from its inception. I feel like... People are like kind of not really uh, thinking about all the real life aspects of you know having KD try to move back to DC and all that entails with, with you know people asking you for money and people you know like I, I think that he was just never really dead set on coming back to DC. I feel like he's one of those people that you know he probably thrives better in outside environment you know not kind of not being insulated by you know all the pressures of playing in front of your home crowd and you know trying to support you know too many people so i think i i honestly believe that that is the number one reason as to why you know he never really considered the wizards i think it's Troy, that that upsets me is if he would uh, go to if he would go to boston i mean if he stays in oklahoma city or goes to the warriors or spurs 
you know, maybe a Clippers to lesser extent, live in LA, go to LA. I understand, but to go to Boston and maybe Miami, that is just going to rub me the wrong way. And, and he probably isn't going to go to those places, so this is a hypothetical, it doesn't really matter. But it, I just, it gives me a bad feeling in my, in my mouth, because where, where on this roster is John Wall is better than anyone on Boston's roster. A healthy Bradley Beal is maybe arguably better than anyone else on, on Boston's roster, roster. So why the hell is he meeting with Boston and not DC, not, and not his hometown team? Like one meeting. Now, people would say, I had arguments with people this weekend, well, well why get teased then? You know he's not going to probably go to Boston or Miami, so why would you get teased? So it's just better to get let down this way. Well, my counter-argument would be, like, is this how sad state of affairs that you can't even get that steak dinner you mentioned? You can't talk to John Wall? Like, all this is because some hashtag or people went to one game and wore some T-shirts and he got mad? I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't understand it all because I feel like Wall and Beal and Gortat and Markeith, uh with, with him and Ubre and Porter – you know, maybe they trade him, but that's a pretty decent roster, and I think that that is pretty much probably the second or third best team in the East. Yeah, I mean, for basketball reasons-wise, I think that, you know, it makes a lot of sense for him to look into D.C., but like I said, I think that, you know, the the, the real world kind of gets involved in this, and I think that, you know, he never really considered coming home just to, you know, keep himself insulated from, you know, all these hometown influences. I, um... You know, like I said, but basketball reasons, I mean, if he were to come here, I mean, they clearly would be, you know, a, a, a top-tier Eastern Conference team. And uh, I, I'm really surprised that he's taking the meeting with Boston because, I, you know, I'm, I, I really don't see how people are trying to, you know, propel them into this, you know, uh, championship contender, you know, over the next year or two. I, I think that's a little bit uh, ambitious for uh, Boston Celtics fans. So, I mean, obviously, KD must see something because he's giving them an interview or else uh, or Brad Stevens must literally be the <laughs> the greatest thing since sliced bread in the NBA. And KD knows that, maybe. And it keeps getting worse, Troy. So today on ESPN, there's, you know, more more Kevin Durant articles. And this, this paragraph, this paragraph stung. This paragraph really hurt me. It says, Durant is also considering meeting with the New York Knicks but has no plans to talk to his hometown Washington Wizards, <laughs> the source said. The Wizards were already doubtful about their chances of signing Durant. A team source had told ESPN's favorite uh, parking attendant uh, hater, Britt Brit McHenry. I'm sorry, tow, tow truck uh, hater, uh, Britt McHenry. Uh, gosh, that hurts. The Knicks? The Knicks? The Knicks? Really, dog? The Knicks? That's just getting down like disrespectful. He's going to meet with the Knicks and not with the Wizards. I mean, can you really blame him with the state of affairs with the leadership of the Wizards organization right now? I mean, you know, if you're KD, are you are you going to entrust Ernie Grunfeld with the next, you know, few years of your basketball life? I mean, we hired his old coach. We still have we have his one of his trainers from high school uh, on the on the staff. His brother and mom, his grandma lives here. I know he lives in Arlington in, his, in the off season. He told me. He goes to Redskins games. We don't know the answers, and we we speculate. Hell, we've been speculating about KD in DC for now almost over a year and a half. I've been speculating pretty much almost every podcast show that I've done over the last year. It just came to an abrupt halt so quickly. Before I just thought they're like, hey, they get a meeting July first. He'd probably go back to the Thunder, right? And now instead, it's like, yo, dude, no meeting. He's going to teams that you think are 
you know, the rivals of the Wizards in the sense of the East Coast, the Knicks and the Boston, especially the sports fans in the East Coast, and not even meeting with us. Like, it just, it, I shouldn't say I'm surprised, I guess I'm surprised there's no meeting. I shouldn't say that I was so let down. I was, I was waiting to get let down, Troy, in July. My first week, right? I was ready. You know, I was like, all right, what's the plan B? But now it's like, wow, like I don't even get a shot. I don't even get a holly at the girl. You know, <laughs> she just shuts it down. I don't even get a chance to hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> she shuts it down. I mean, honestly, if you're gonna if you're gonna use the holler at the girl analogy, I, I think I might have used this um, earlier during the season when uh, Katie came to DC and visited, and you know, they, the, the Wizards fans gave him so much adoration that it became you know borderline kind of kind of kind of stalkerish. And it's like you. If anybody knows anything, you never get the pretty girl by, you know, sweating her and pressing her out. You got to wait in the wings and hopefully, you know, she notices you. Like, you can't, you can't just go out and call oh, the, every day, good oh, morning, thirst. every every morning. Oh, the and, thirst and, and, was, the, oh, <laughs> so much thirst, right? The thirst was just out there. <laughs> so much thirst. <laughs> Too much. Now, 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 where do you see KD landing? What is his options now? Do you, do you see him going back to OKC? You know, how much are the – it feels like reporting that the Warriors are going to make a strong push. The Spurs would, would make sense. I don't – that's a rival of theirs. That'd be kind of a dick. I don't know if he joins the Warriors. That's – you know, they should have beat the Warriors. That'd be, that'd be weird too. I think all signs would point to go back to OKC, but he's – you know, keeping his, his options open, which, you know, doing his due diligence, which is, you know, fair. And like I said, as a worker, free agency, you finally have some some freedom as a worker to choose where you want to work instead of being dictated to you. Where where do you think this is going? Uh, ultimately, I think that uh, KD is going to end up signing the, the one-on-one deal, going back to OKC, becoming an unrestricted free agent, and then we, we might be back in the same position next summer. So I, I don't really think this really changes too much as far as the, for for the NBA landscape for this summer. I, I don't think there's any possible way that he's going to go to the Golden State Warriors after they just beat him, you know, in, in epic fashion coming back from down three one. I, I don't think the, the the San Antonio move now that 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 might be the the one caveat to all of this is, is the fact that you know San Antonio has their aging stars going out, so he really has like a you know, kind of, kind of a void to fill down there. And, um, you know, San Antonio was like, you know, an hour and a half away from Austin where he actually spends a lot of his free time too because he went to college at uh, UT. But, um, I mean, ultimately I think that the thing that makes the most sense is him go back to OKC for one more year, try it out an, under another year with Billy Donovan, see if um, a fellow uh, D.C. native, Victor Oladipo, can, uh, can help him out a little bit. Again, then I think Next year, for 2017, he'll keep all his options open. What is the fallout for him in D.C. now with Kevin Durant? I really don't think there'll be much fallout for, for Durant in D.C. because I think that a lot of people never realistically thought that that was an option, that he would come. You know, I think that, you know, the, a lot of the, the, the hashtag and, you know, the movement behind that is 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 just what people do on the Internet. And I, I think that... You know, at the end of the day, when when he comes home, he goes to his first Redskins game. I don't, I don't think people are going to be booing him. Uh, I don't think it'll be a big issue when he comes back to DC. And uh, well, he, he might get booed when he comes to Verizon Center next year. It, oh, I, for sure, I for sure. He, the red carpet. 
He's for sure going to get booed. Uh, I definitely think he's going to get booed. But I don't know how bad the boos or how long this no, this this would go. If he goes back to OKC, I don't think it is in Spurs or Warriors. But if he goes to Miami or, or Boston or, God forsaking, the Knicks, I, I think that he's going to get booed harshly every time he comes back here. That's unfair. Yeah, That's unfair. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just it's, telling you the reality, right? <laughs> I'm not saying this is fair. I'm just saying the reality of the sitch. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, that's definitely the reality of the situation. Um, you know, and now if he goes to Boston, I think that, you know, a little, a little, a little booing might be deserving at that point. Is it bad PR for him? Like, why is his handlers not just being like, dude, just take the meeting with your team, your hometown team, and then you choose the, the place? Like, why does he cut the team out of this town and the city that – he loves to death publicly. Like that's part of his brand is to love DMV. That's what people adore him about. And to not just take a meeting feels kind of dick. And kind of bad yeah, PR. I mean, maybe is that bad PR? A, or am I overthinking this because I'm a scorned, it, thirsty, it, it, thirsty wannabe lover? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a sign of respect that he doesn't want to string uh, our emotions along. He's just kind of nip it in the bud before the process even starts. And uh, I guess you, we can never really get mad because there was never really an opportunity to begin with. Let's go into the actual, um, uh, uh, an equally depressing thing known as the the NBA draft that our our team that we're discussing, the Washington Wizards, decided for the second time in three years to punt completely out of it. They had traded the first-round pick for Markeith Morris. We knew that. Uh, they had traded their second-round pick last year in a deal to move up to draft Kelly Oubre. There was a lot of rumors that they would possibly get into this draft with, once again, Boston had eight picks uh, in the second round. Philadelphia had a boatload of picks. Teams were willing to sell picks left and right. There was a, Chad Ford was reporting that almost, I mean, there was like 30 or 40 picks that were being able to be purchased. The Wizards have a history of selling picks, which, which they did uh, three years ago. Uh, which pissed me off. And I had asked the Onsons at the John Wall event. Uh, I might play this quote uh, right now. I'll play it right now. You have no picks in the draft, but you guys have been working out some players. There's a lot of teams that have extra second-round picks. Is there a possibility of thought of maybe buying into the draft? Well, we can sign... Uh, a lot of roster possibility too. We can sign international players. We can sign rookies as free agents. We can buy picks. I think uh, there's a lot of teams with you know, too many second-round picks. And so I'm sure we'll be able to add some young players to the, to the team. Reported resources that, you know, hey, they really were looking at some guys. Now, they don't make a pick. I stay up through the whole draft. Then I started getting delirious in the second round. Why am I, why am I even – I wish I didn't even watch the draft, honestly. I got my hopes up a little bit. I should have known better. I was really bitter when they didn't make a pick. I was really upset when then Cleveland buys in and buys a pick and drafts the point guard Felder from Oakland, who probably will destroy the Wizards in a game here in a couple years, and I'll be pissed uh, that LeBron actually was adamant uh, about them buying someone or getting this player. Uh, I forget, what's his, Felder, I think is his name. But hey, Kate Felder. Yeah, yeah, I, li- I like him. But, so the team comes out, uh, Ernie Grump, they actually had a draft party at the Ryzen Center. I did not go to it. Uh, finally, Ernie comes out. There's some media there. He gives some quotes around midnight. You know, oh, hey, the players weren't available. Uh, this is a weak draft. 
started making these excuses. Now, the thing is, in a micro sense, Troy, I can probably defend these moves. You can defend almost any move micro sense. But in a macro sense, a team that can win 50, can't win 50 games, a team that's just won two playoffs, three playoff series in, you know, ten, over 10 years now, decade and a half, a, a franchise that doesn't have the luxury just to not get cheap players, it was really bizarre. The, the, the one quote uh, that really stuck me from Grunfeld was like, hey, we got a lot of, you know, we got a lot of options. We got a lot of players. Uh, and I was like, well, yeah, there's a thing called the NBA draft where you can actually get them for cheap. <laughs> Why did you not try to buy a player? Now, maybe their pick wasn't there. Maybe the guy at 40 or 50 wasn't there and they got, you know, they ended up signing some guys, which we'll get into. But I just wanted your take and your feeling of, of this draft and how you feel of the Washington Wizards draft and what your, what your viewpoint is of how things shook out. Were you surprised or did things go as you expected? And was there any players that you maybe wanted them to grab that, they could have and just didn't. Yeah, well, I, I'm honestly not surprised at all that the Wizards didn't make a splash. Um, but I mean, I can I can honestly say that I I think that after watching the draft last week, it kind of reaffirmed my position in, on uh, you know the whole Marquise Morris acquisition. I still think that you know that was probably the the most quality play that they could do for the for the value of that 13th pick. I mean, for to get Marquise Morris on the on the deal that they have him and making you know eight million dollars a year over the next three years, you know that's I mean that that's a solid addition. You know he can actually provide some real NBA usage over the next few years. Whereas I mean I think that draft pick is it was was really you know based on a lot of potential and the players that went in the range of ten to twenty, I think I would rather have Marquise Morris than any of those players. So, but as far as like the second round goes, I definitely you know had my eyes on a on a few players. Um, Diamond Stone out of University of Maryland's a, a local product that I feel like they they could have tried to jump up and grab. Um, uh, I actually really like the uh, the kid McCall that uh, from UNLV that uh, Golden State. Same, yeah, they paid they paid like two point three million dollars to move up and uh, and grab him. So, but I mean, I do, I do have to say that, uh, you know, if, if Ernie didn't really feel like there was a player, you know, in that, which really seems like they were looking at anybody after like pick 50 or pick 40 and that ran from 40 to 60, you know, if there wasn't a player that they, you know, thought was worthy enough for them to, you know, spend money or give up a future asset, then I think that, you know, you can't you can't really force the issue sometimes. You know, and, and it's not surprising that they didn't make a splash. We disagree on the Marquise Morris. I don't I don't just I don't disagree that that is an okay move and it's defensible and and I I think the arguments have merit and they're strong to have him. It's just mostly about that this organization and their track record. I don't understand why they're not drafting guys. It, it, I don't, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we got Beal and Porter and Wall. It's like, dude, those were the first pick in the draft and two, three, two number threes. I mean, I hope for God that they would work out. And they have to a certain extent. We still don't know about Porter and Beal's injuries history uh, has made that hard to argue too much. But what upsets me about this is that it's like, what is the strategy for mac- macro sense? Like, Okay, Deadlyness comes in here. We're going to build through the draft. We get young players. We don't want to trade and all this stuff. And now we have not. We have one player, and, or actually two players in the last three NBA drafts uh, that we've drafted. Now you can say Gortat and and also uh, Markeith. 
you know, they traded those assets to get those two players. So technically four players. One of them is Aaron White, who we don't even know if he's going to make the roster or not. But so essentially you have one player that you've drafted to keep in the last three years of a team that has won 46, 44, and 41 games. It just drives me insane. I, I don't think that the successful teams do this in the NBA. It, they are acting like they're a 50, 55 win team that, you know, have a couple pieces away. This team won't go over the salary, the, the salary cap or the luxury tax. Maybe there's arguments that they are not a piece of their way for championships. So there's no reason to do that. I get that there's financial restraints and I understand all those aspects. It just, it's just really a bummer that you sit through another NBA draft because as a fan, Troy, it's, NBA draft's kind of fun, right? Like, we're fans. Like, why do we like basketball? It's entertaining, right? Like, like why are we doing this? Why, why, you know? And then all of a sudden, it's like, man, this big event, we can talk about players, and it's like, again, the Wizards got no picks. And I think it was the first time that they actually had no they had no draft picks uh, and, like, never actually made a pick because technically in 2014, they made the pick of Jordan Carson and then sold him, right? So... This was right. the first year that I believe in like 20 some years they actually had not drafted a player. <laughs> it drives me insane. Like, really? Uh, yeah. Like, really? We're 41 and 41. We're not drafted dudes. Like, what the fuck? Right? Do you get that? Do you, you see why I get this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it's definitely an unorthodox uh, macro strategy from the Wizards to, you know, not go the conventional uh, route of adding young, talented players through the draft. You know, I, I mean, I honestly believe that, you know, when, when you ask what is the macro plan, um, I mean, Ernie Grunfeld has clearly proven that, I mean, you know, that there is no plan. They're just kind of winging it right now. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm very interested, though, to see, you know, if they're going to be able to develop the players that they have drafted over the last few years. Um, well, the, well, at least Kelly Oubre and Aaron White from last year. And, um you know, I, I don't know what point in the uh, pod. Sadoransky, come on. Sadoransky, I was yeah. very excited. What point in the pod we're going to get to my man. But uh, I'm, I've been on my uh, my my Bill Simmons and just, just falling in love with all of the YouTube clips. And my man, uh, Sadie, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for him to come over right now. I think, honestly, now that the, the, the KD to DC thing has been nipped in the bud, I, I'm ready to... I'm ready to focus on, on Thomas Sadoransky as a as the number one uh, free agent priority, at least, you know, making sure since we have his draft rights that he actually comes over next year. You know, I think that's a priority. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see if Aaron White can develop. You know, I think, you know, all of the players from last year talked about how they wish Kelly Oubre would have played more. You know, I think that he still has, you know, a lot of growth and development in his game. So, especially with Scott Brooks, you know, it, it, especially with Scott Brooks, right? It, 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 I mean, nice. Yeah, the, Scott Brooks, who seems to be, you know, well known for developing young talent, he did a tremendous job with uh, with Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. But you know, I, I think uh, you know, in, in any fool could have <laughs> could have made those three players into all star caliber players. But uh, we're we're going to really put his development uh, forte to the test, and. Uh, you know, I think I think that you know that is going to be the biggest thing for this team going forward. You know, we're clearly not going to be able to sign you know the the top top tier free agents like we all thought that we would. So we're going to have to you know get better from within the old fashioned way by by developing the guys that we have. Now the Wizards did make some free agent signings right after the draft. Uh, they seem to be 
well well received. They, it's the the prize one that they gave a per, the the one they gave a partial guarantee contract to was Sheldon McLean <laughs> McClellan McClellan six six shooting guard for Miami. yeah six six shooting guard for Miami. Uh, he was given a partial contract. Uh, he was ranked about fortieth or fiftieth, so they got him. So that seemed like a good signing. Six six shooting guard. He shot thirty percent from three this this past season, but he shot forty percent for three of the year before. Looks like the three and D kind of guy. They uh, signed Daniel House, a shooting guard, small forward, six seven from Texas A and M. Uh, they signed two 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 big guys, Caleb uh, Tarsiski, Suski, uh, seven foot yeah, center. And Ocho View, the six eleven center, who was instrumental in Villanova's uh, national title success. What did you think about those four signings? I know they, they've added some other guys on their roster for summer league after that, but it feels like if there's anyone's going to make the team, it's probably going to be one of these guys. Yeah, I think that um, I'm really interested in uh, the McClellan t- kid from Miami. Um, there have been a lot of draft analysts who said that you know he he was the best prospect prospect that wasn't drafted. So I think you know with with, with the current you know structure of the Wizards roster, with them only having what I think with five players under contract for next year, you got to have got to fill 15 spots. So I mean, really, the the Wizards are going to be major players. You know, not only in uh, free agency, but you know, I think they they'll be major players in scouting. You know, different players at summer league. Not only players that are playing on their own roster, but you know, players that are playing for other teams' rosters too. You know, they they they're going to be two or three spots. You know, at the four end of the bench players that you know that, that the Wizards are going to have to fill. So you know, I think uh, you know I I, I like Daniel Oshefu, the the center from Villanova. You know, I think I think he's a, a good player who. He, he's a player who understands his role. So, you know, he, he, if you, if you get him onto the team, you know, you get him down in the summer league, you can realize you know, he's a, he's a good rebounder. You know, he's, he's got good rim protection. You know, he's a high IQ basketball player. I think that, you know, when, when filling your, uh, your end of the bench roster spots, it's good to find players who know how to be stars in their own role. No, no, I agree. And, you know, coming from a, coming on the heels of a championship, that's, that's, you know, a benefit. He sets good screens, rebounding, rim protector. There's a roster spot on this, on this team for uh, an extra big, uh, especially someone that, that knows the role, can screen, defense, you know, communicate and, and know the role in the sense that, you know, hey, I'm glad to be on this team. I'm going to work hard and get better. And you always want that motivation. It's time for a commercial break. Yes, the picks on roll. We have advertisers now. Sneak us. S-N-E-E-K-I-S dot com. Bunch of cool-ass designs, t-shirts, hats, tank tops, men, women, children. I'm about to get my friend a onesie that for his baby that was just born. DC types. They got cool some cool Virginia shirts, Jason Worth type of beard shirts, some brunch things, DC type of flags. Awesome, awesome gear. You can help support this podcast and all this wizard independent voice that hopefully you enjoy. At checkout, you can get a 10% discount code if you type in Pixel and Roll uh, off your purchases. Check it out. Buy some stuff for your friends. Buy some stuff for yourself. And it will be really cool. Back to the show. Currently on the Summer League roster, we have Kelly Oubre, Aaron White, Gerald Eddy, supposedly still on the, on the ro- uh, going to play in Summer League. Sean Dawson has been rumored 
to be on the team. I forget where he plays. Uh, McClellan, House, uh, I don't know how to say that, that guy's name. Butchering it again, Tarasiski, Achufu. And then Joe Roberts. It seems like I have not seen – I know there's been a couple guys added today. I forget their names, but – I haven't seen them sign a point guard yet. I feel like they need a couple point guards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if if uh, if Sadoransky's really coming over, like I think they yeah, but he's not going to he's, he's play in summer league though. I'm talking about summer league roster. No, no, no. I know, I know that he's definitely not playing in summer league. But I mean, I'm just thinking about as far as the roster construction. It's like you know, if they if they're assuming that you know Sadoransky's coming over, then they've already solidified their backup point guard position. So you know, they I think that they need a lot of help. Uh, they need more wing depth, and I think they need a a lot more depth in the front court right now because we really only we really only have uh, Markeith and Gortat as the only. You know, true. You know, big men or players that are over six ten on the roster right now. So I think uh, you know, there's definitely a few opportunities for uh, for some of these uh, forwards and centers to step up. You know, I, I'm kind of intrigued by uh, Aaron White. I know that he had a really poor showing at the summer league last year, but apparently he had a really nice season. I think he was playing over in. Uh, Bonn, Germany. Germany, yeah. You know, apparently, you know, halfway through his, his season in Germany, you know, he, he was getting actually uh, uh, scouted out by, uh, what was it, uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, uh, which is one of the more uh, popular and um, better franchises abroad. And, and they were actually trying to buy out his contract from um, from his team in Germany. And uh, they, they, they wouldn't let him go. So what, what that shows me is that, you know, he, he's been, you know, at least getting a little bit better you know, polishing his game a little bit. And, uh, you know, he has, a, he has a real chance to make this roster if he, if he puts together a decent performance in summer league. Well, I'll, I'll let the people know. I, I went to school at the University of Iowa. I'm an Iowa Hawkeye and Aaron White. Went to school at the University of Iowa, and I've watched him pretty much throughout his four-year career. So I, my biases are out there when it comes to the flying ginger. Uh, you know, the white boy that can dunk. Uh, I think he kind of surprised some people with a couple dunks and stuff. Really, he was like, yeah, dude, this guy can get up. Whether or not he can feel that stretch four roll and shoot the three, he kind of struggled a lot in college. But he's a hard worker. There's always stories of him. There's multiple stories of him in the practice facility college. There's a famous one where he got locked in and had to sleep in the practice facility once because he couldn't get out, <laughs> which is really funny. But he's a good, he's a, he's a good dude. I, 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 can't wait to actually meet him. I've not had a chance to meet him. I'm going to totally fanboy out because Iowa does not have that many NBA players, even though technically he's not officially an NBA player yet. Uh, Devin Marble and Reggie <laughs> Evans. Devin Marble and Reggie Evans are, are pretty much uh, the only other Iowa uh, NBA players, even though I don't think Ed, Reggie Evans is in the league anymore. And Devin Marble. I was, for getting, ready to, I was getting ready to ask, man. My, my, my. My guy Reggie Evans. <laughs> well, well, well. The other one, but, um, is, the other one is uh, Ricky Davis. For the people out there, he's the last first round pick from Iowa. <laughs> and I got some stories about Ricky Davis, which involved marijuana, smoking joints on pickup basketball games, which I, I won't go into, uh, you know, right now on this podcast. But my my, my, my question to you is that I kind of like Denzel Valentine. I, I wouldn't mind having Denzel Valentine over Marquise Morris. Yeah, I mean he went he went in the first he went in the first round. Like I think he went with top twenty. He went to the Bulls. Um, 
Or they pick right after they pick fourteen. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you you would prefer to have Denzel Valentine than Marquise Morris, is that what right. you're saying? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. Uh, speak, 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 speaking, of Mar- speaking of marijuana, speaking of speaking of marijuana, Marquise Morris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know what, though, man, if uh, the, the the great Chris Hart said it best, if you're going to be in that position as a professional athlete, you better hire yourself a fall guy. And it uh, looks like the Morris twins uh, listened to that advice thoroughly. And, uh, you know, it's the, the, the very the, the second that it looked like they were going to get in trouble, their, their friend, he stepped up, he took credit, and, I'm, and it ended up, and everything worked out. Every, everybody, everything can go back to normal. Yeah, <laughs> so I, that's, I, a, that's a lesson for all you kids. Have the fall guy on deck. I still don't understand why you have ounces of weed and you're going to, like, the islands. And when you're with your mom, I'm like, dude, just go to the Caribbean and ask the cab driver if you want some joints down in Jamaica or Dominican, wherever he was going. It's <laughs> a <laughs> <laughs> bad judgment. It's a bad judgment. I will not ask him that question. Uh, he, he is, he is innocent. The charges were, uh, his boy took the fall, like you mentioned, but you fell down a rabbit hole, a YouTube rabbit hole on Thomas Sadoransky. It is not on our script. I, I'm willing to talk about Sadie. Uh, what have you seen, uh, Tomas? I know his season just ended. Uh, his team finished runner-up to uh, Real Madrid, I think second in the Spanish league, top league in Spanish league. He played for Barcelona. What have you seen? He's awesome. gotten better. He's yeah. gotten better every every year. He is athletic. I still have questions whether or not he can defend. Uh, what his role? Whether or not he can shoot? But his athleticism, especially being a point guard with John Wall and Thomas Adoransky, I mean, it's two. It would be two athletic as point guards as you can get. Right. So I think, yeah, when you mentioned it, I think the first thing that jumps off the screen when you watch clips of Sadoransky is the athleticism. And, you know, within, you know, two or three plays of seeing him, you know, you're, this guy is an NBA player. He has an NBA body for sure. You know, I think he's 6'7". He's got a nice wingspan. He's got a, he's got a fluid athletic uh, motion. Like, he, he can drive to the rim. He finishes his hard through contact. You know, the, the jump shot, I think, uh, I was just looking at some of his numbers earlier. I think this year he shot, uh, 35% from three, which is around the, uh, the NBA league average. So, you know, I think that he's, he's developing as a player. And I think that, you know, as far as, uh, European prospects go, you know, I, I think that a, a lot of people who were very excited when, uh, uh, when Miritich came over for the Bulls, I think Sadoransky is in that same mold. Of, a caliber of player that you can bring over who can start playing immediately. And I think Sadoransky might even, you know, be a little bit better than, you know, what, what, what Miritich gave the Bulls. You know, he, he has, you know, NBA athleticism, you know, right out of the gate. And I think that, you know, he, he's a guy that won't be afraid of the moment. You know, he's playing at the highest level outside of the NBA. So, you know, I think that, you know, if, if he can come over, he can develop that shot. I think he can be a, an immediate contributor to this team. And, you know, that'll definitely alleviate some of the pain of, you know, not adding another draft pick this year. Well, yes. I mean, I think Rashad in my last podcast made that point. Sadoransky, Aaron White, Ubre, like there are three guys essentially that are younger that are, are going to be added to this roster. You know, maybe one of these other guys, these free agent guys stick. So you'll have four guys. And so the, there is not just 
all veterans and old people, right? Like, like, like they do have some young guys, you know, or Otto Porter, big year for Otto Porter as well. So there is some players in the mold here for the Wizards that it's not all doom and gloom. It's just, I just get so, this is it. Okay, so I wake up Friday morning, pissed that I watched that whole mother effing draft. Pissed that Ernie Grunfeld's quotes in the morning. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I get a tw- I see a tweet, and it is, the Wizards have not confirmed whether or not they're going to pick up Drew Gooden's $3.5 million option. And so all of a sudden I know where I got like two or three people asking me questions about Drew Gooden's option. And I'm like, yo, dude, like, that's a thing? Like, I I didn't even think that they were ever going to pick up his option because they, they have till like, July 15th to decide, I believe. And so, it, and this is, uh, of course, J. Michael from Comcast reports this, so sometimes it's hard because I don't know if it's just he asking the questions and the Wizards don't want to give up their game plan or they don't want to say no yet because they want to keep their, you know, cards close to their vest because that's, that's how Ernie Grunfeld rolls, death taxes and Grunfeld. But... So, you know, we'll get into Jay Michael, too, because I got a whole segment on him coming up. But but then I'm like, I started laughing. I was like, really? This is a thing I'd ever even thought about. Then, you know, I mean, Drew Good's a good guy. I've came around on Drew, you know, came around on the drizzle. I have a lot of jokes. He's a funny dude. I think he's a good locker room guy. But, you know, he, he's washed. I mean, his season this year for $3.5 million is his option. Uh, if you're going to bring back a veteran in that, in that capacity, it would be Garrett Temple. Uh, more so than a Drew Gooden, you know, someone with you know, similar locker room uh, capability, and but you know, but Temple can, can Temple can contribute more on the court. Uh, but so I go, so I go to lunch, come back, and some dude's like, "Yeah, man, I see this Joachim Noah uh, article." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Yeah, the Wizards and Joachim Noah." I'm like, "Yeah," I was like, "Yeah, you know, hey, you know, he'd be an option." Uh, me and Rashad had talked about it on the last show, on the last podcast. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, two or three year deal, you know, similar to Nene, you know, not as not as good offensively of what Nene can give you, but you know, better maybe a better rim protector on defense than Nene, but you know, same kind of injury issues, which makes you pause. And then I read the article and it's like, give Joachim Noah the max for 120 million dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, is this real? And it's some some dude from some guy that has a serious XM NBA uh, show writes for Sporting News, so it was this you know somewhat credible outlet. And then my timeline just melted down. I, I, I made a couple of tweets. I got retweeted a bunch of times. I think Bolts Forever actually featured one. Uh, shout out to Bolts Forever. Featured my tweet in an article today about this Young Kim Noah, which I basically, you know, going into the journalism aspect of it all, because this show is going to be heavy on some poor journalism around the Wizards as well. But just yours, that everyone was like, what the F? And then now, you know, everyone hates Grunfeld, so they're like, well, I can see dumbass Grunfeld doing this. And I'm like, no, I don't think that the Wizards are going to do yeah. this. You know, they're not going to, they, like, they're not, they, but like, they're people, right? Like, they'll be like, no, 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 like, well, you know, I, they have such a low opinion of Ernie Grunfeld and Wizards management, which obviously I talk about a lot on the show. And so I share some of those, some of those sentiments, but I'm like, dude, they're not that dumb. They're not that stupid. Then that That is just, I, I think, I think Jake Whitaker, another shout-out to Bolts Forever, said it best. He's like, oh, yeah, the Wizards won't make the worst decisions they've ever made in their franchise history <laughs> by giving a 31-year-old center who basically would be a backup, potentially, unless they move Gortat, who's coming off a major elbow surgery that has a limited offensive game, uh, $30 million a year. Go, Troy. Tell me. Tell me your yeah. thoughts when you saw this rumor. The whole idea of giving Noah um, a max contract is completely drunk talk. 
So I mean, I I, I don't I, can, I don't even see how that's even like you know like fathomable on any multiple, level. Multiple wizard that, sources, I, multiple sources closest to the wizards told this guy this. Whatever, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, Me, meaning Yakim yeah, Noah's agent. Like, Troy means Yakim Noah's agent is telling the reporter. Yeah, look, I, I mean, it has to be, it has to be, or, or, or his dad or something. I don't know. Maybe Yannick Noah is trying to drive up the price for his son. Yes. But, I mean, within, like, two hours of that report coming out, I mean, to J. Michael's credit, he did come out with the report saying that, you know, he talked to Wizard Sources and said that there's no way that <laughs> that, that was an option, you know, that they are looking at Noah. And, you know, I, I still am a fan of Noah for, I mean, maybe half of that price, you know, I I'd pay Noah twelve million dollars a year to come come to DC and yeah, play some two, basketball. Two or two or three but, years, uh, maybe a third year option, right? Like not not a four year yeah, max at one twenty. Come on now. But um, you know, giving him a max contract is is is, is fucking crazy talk. I mean, th- at this point, before July first. You know, any speculation that you start to hear now is you've got to start questioning, you know, the motive, the motives behind, you know, some of these reports, you know, where they're coming from. You know, this is the, this is the time where I feel like a lot of agents, you know, you know, make their money right now. And and that's by, you know, putting out a lot, a lot of false stories, you know, driving up the hype for their client. I, I'm very much interested in having Noah come to D.C. At, at the right price. You know, I think this, I'm not sure how the timing of this story went when after the, the Derrick Rose trade, but I honestly believe that um, Joachim Noah is going to end up being a New York Nick now. And so I don't even think that's going to even be an option. But, uh, I mean, if, if we're talking about giving a former Florida Gators max contract, I would be much... <laughs> I would be much happier if, if there were reports of giving uh, Al Horford a max contract rather than uh, a banged-up Joachim Noah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Wizards' free agent rumors, and Al Horford is on their radar. What sucks about this this Joachim Noah stuff is is going back to what I was meant, was referencing, is that I'm still pissed about no draft picks. I'm still pissed that they didn't buy a second-round pick, and now i got to respond to a million mentions and a million questions about Yakim Noah. Wizard Twitter is blowing up. It is a it is a story on ESPN. It is a lead story on Hoops Hype. You know the guy got all the clicks and all the stuff that he wants. I didn't tweet at him uh, specifically. Normally I would. I'd go after a guy like this and call him out. I'm very sensitive to 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 rumors and misinformation when it comes to the Washington Wizards because I I wallow in all the real of this team way too much. Uh, as you can tell, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> We're doing a podcast at 11.30. I left a Nats game to come talk to you about. Left a Nats game early uh, to come talk to you tonight about this yeah. because I'm waiting. It's nice to have this be in the national uh, conversation for once. I felt like it was one of those, like, this is the first, like, page click story, right? Like, the first one of free agency where now we're going to, it's all about page clicks. And, you know, he got all the articles and all these people talking. Everyone, Bolts Forever has to write an article about it. We did not write an article about it because we thought it was gibberish, but me and you are not talking about it right now on this podcast, right? People were tweeting me with stuff. And, and what pissed me off the most, is my, or my, my thing, was just how bad the journalism was, too. So, so the guy says in this article, and, and I, I had it open on my browser, but Sporting News has you know autoplay just like everyone else. And I took it out of my browser because it was messing things up. But he leads with the article about how Delusional it is for the Wizards to think they're going to get Kevin Durant. But then for, in the first paragraph, that's his lead, and literally just rides out eight more paragraphs about Yon Kim Noah, the Wizards giving him $120 million. 
I'm like, yo, dude, how do you say it's delusional for them to want to have a cap room to go after one of the prize free agent who loves the DMV, but yet giving $120 million to a dude who can't average 15 points a game in the NBA uh, is somehow okay? That's somehow, that's somehow not sane. That, like, that's insane. Like, somehow that's a sane idea narrative that you just push throughout, but yet you say it's delusional for us to go after that. And the other poor journalism part, and I, I forget who it was on Twitter, uh, maybe Nate Drexler or some other writer, he's like, the numbers that he gave, he's like, first of all, the first, if you give him a max salary, the guy said, he's like, oh yeah, he'd be $28 million next year for the first season. He's like, dude, no, it's not $20 million. Like, that's not how it's broken up. So basically, he just repeated what the guy said. He didn't even do, like, didn't even do his due diligence of like, what it would be. Like, for example, Bradley Beal is about to sign this max deal coming up. We're going to break down the numbers of what it means, like what year he gets paid, gets escalated. We'll give you all the numbers of what it is. This guy can't even do the research. Can't even do the basic journalism of the Max Steele. He's basically just repeating what someone told him. And I had no time for that. I, yeah. It, it seems like this guy has got your blood pressure up, Adam, man. <laughs> no, actually, no. You know what? I, I'm very – No, it was so it was so outlandish. It, did, it wasn't even, like, a thing to really get pissed about. I mean – it, you know, like these rumors for Ryan Anderson where I could say, like, okay, you know, what's again, we're going to get in Ryan Anderson. But we're done with Noah. What I want to know is, to go back to what I originally said, is Drew Gooden's option. Would you pick up Drew Gooden's option? That's um, also, that's also no, stupid, No, I too. would not pick up Drew Gooden's option. Yeah, but what I would do is I would at least hold on to out until that July 15th deadline and uh, maybe try to see if you can add Drew Gooden into any type of trade that you can do. Because what, what what's becoming a, a thing now is uh you know because he has the, the the team option you know you could trade him to a team and you know yeah they can absorb that you know three and a half million but if they cut him before the fifteenth then it's like they just you know made three and a half million dollars of free money so I think that you know the reason why that contract is even being talked about right now is used as a, as purely as a as a trade bait chip that they can use to, you know, make any potential salaries match up with anything that they want to do in the future. Um, but realistically, I don't think that there's any conceivable way that they pick up that $3.5 million option. Um, that's not to say that Drew Gooden may not be on the training camp roster going into, you know, um, October. You know, I think that they can still decline his option, maybe try to sign him to the minimum and, you know, at, at, if they if they aren't able to find, you know, yet fresh legs to take over those end-of-the-roster uh, spots, you know, uh, Uncle Drizzle might be back for another year. So, but I... Yeah, I read... No way, right? No way, no way. No, I agree. They, they're going to go after the free agent, see how it shakes out, and if they have some roster spots for veteran types, you know, that Drew Gooden maybe is an option... And I think Garrett Temple or Dudley are options way more before Drew Gooden would be. Obviously, it depends on the money. It's funny, too, because I actually end up, these things were so ridiculous that I talked to a Wizards front office guy about this. And he's like, yeah, dude, like, we're probably not going to pick up Drew Gooden's option. And he, uh, and then they also told me that the Noah rumors were just ridiculous. Like, there's no legs to any of that. <laughs> breaking news. I'm breaking news here on the Pixel Raw Show. Yeah, because yeah, if, if Yo Kim Noah gets a, a max contract, that, that 
I, I would be very, very much not happy with that at all. So, I'd, I'd fans, but uh, I mean, like I'd I said, I'm, I'm fans, Joe, Joe, I'd fans tell me that they, they would be like, this, this is like they were done. <laughs> if they came to, to you know, I can know that, that Max, you know, that they were done being a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, yeah, which, I mean, I, I might have to be right there with them. <laughs> which I've heard that before, and you know, hey, you, 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 this burden of being a Wizards fan is with you, dog. You can't really get rid of it because the people listening to this right now, you know, you're listening to the Wizards and me, me and you talk because you like this team, and unfortunately, you get pissed about everything that happens with this franchise. But you're not going to quit it. That concludes part one of my conversation with Troy Halberton, a fellow writer in truth about it. Part two, we go into many other topics of the Wizards. Just me ranting a lot, but hopefully you enjoy it. Thank you, everyone, for your support. And as always, go Mother Effin' Wiz. Peace out. <laughs>